Good morning and welcome to Mom Power. Oh, thanks for being here. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, I'm turning the time over to you, BJ. Thanks for assisting me so well. You bet. We're just so happy with however you're here. You're just so welcome to be here and we'd love to meet everyone wherever they're at. And so to help us be all on the same page, we are sponsored by Mothers Who Know. And Mothers Who Know is an online faith-filled gathering place for all women who are wanting to joyfully support their self and their loved ones as we all are navigating common challenges of our time. And it's such a powerful place to find connection with other women and support and training and also hope. And Mothers Who Know offers a variety of classes and support groups, as well as podcasts and, and so much more. And many of those resources are provided for free. Go to motherswhoknow.org if that's not already how you found us. Know that that's there. And this Mom Power training is one of the free trainings that are available through Mom Power or through Mothers Who Know. We love that it's a Christ-centered series that is just packed with lots of proven spiritual and scientific truths. Each of the eight lessons are recorded, you can listen to at your convenience. They're designed to help all of us set powerful habits in motion, as well as heighten our awareness of some of the crippling thoughts and feelings and actions that can throw us off course easily if we're not aware of those. And also, so importantly, the Christ-centered lifelines that can help to keep us centered. We love to say that the bottom line of this series is that it really is possible to experience joy along a bumpy journey, that there's always a message and even miracles right in the middle of any mess. And we come on those as mothers, you know, sometimes we're feeling smooth sailing a little bit, but lots of times we're feeling like things are bumpy and stretchy. And we have just watched how lots of these tools and skills taught in this training are so helpful for that. So helpful for looking at that, just a beautiful perspective. And so this Mom Power Live class right now is designed to complement those eight lessons in the Mom Power training. And so during this class today, Karen will highlight some of the special parts of the lesson. And also, we each have the opportunity to share insights and to ask questions. Please know that we're planning on all of us contributing and asking or listening. And so, just kind of have that in your mind that it just is so meaningful as we all have a little bit to share. And if you don't have something today, don't worry about that. We just love to have you here. So today's we'll be discussing lesson two, which is stay in your truth. And it's a really neat one because we get to learn about the truth tool. I'm excited for you to hear a little bit more about that. And as we all hear things, on a daily basis, we have thoughts that come to our mind and just deciphering, is that a trusted voice, those thoughts? And how can we know whether those thoughts come from a loving Heavenly Father or a different source? So we get to learn a little bit about the truth tool, what it sounds like, and just begin to recognize those different voices. Okay, before I hand it back over to Karen, I just want to let you know just a tiny bit about her in case you haven't met her yet. Karen Broadhead is the director of Mothers Who Know. She's the founder and director of Mothers Who Know and has been a parent support specialist for life-changing services who also helps to sponsor this course and Mothers Who Know for over a decade. During that time, she's encouraged 
and lifted and got behind hundreds of women and mothers. And so we love, Karen, we just appreciate your courage and your your efforts. Getting to work close with Karen for the last few years, I've noticed that she's just a real mama and it's not a piece of cake to show up and be in front of everybody and and put your voice out there and try new things. But the thing that motivates her is just her love. And first of all, for the Savior and her understanding of his important role in all of this for all of us, and also just her love for women. And so Karen, just thank you for what you do. If you find yourself feeling like as you listen to Karen and and get to attend lots of her free things that she offers, just also know that Karen also does coaching. She's been doing this coaching and it's such a great service and help there. Lots of times as women, we're like, we would love to have another mom just experienced and a few steps down the road or has lots of knowledge and things to share. And just know that that's something that she does. She doesn't usually say that very much herself because she's just such a humble person, but that has been such a blessing for lots of people. And all of us are getting coached each time we come here. So just that's a neat thing that um, she's a part of. If you have any questions about some of the things that we do, please just um, send us an email to mothers who know at lifechangingservices.org. And we're happy to help with anything that comes up that you might be wondering about. All right, Karen, I'm going to hand that back to you. Thank you. Thank you, PJ. Good morning, everybody. I'm just so grateful that you're here. And yeah, it's been kind of a tricky morning. You know how you just get up with a plan or think it's going to look just like it did yesterday, just like it does every other day. And then you get thrown at some surprise. And so we knew that our power was going to turn the power off today. And I was like, well, that's going to be super fun because a lot of my things that I do online are on Tuesday. But I thought, well, this one will be just fine, which it will really make me feel great because I can really stay in my comfort zone where I'm at in my office, where I know where everything's at and I can keep all my notes by me and things. And then after this meeting, I'll I'll run to my son's house who lives in Leighton because he has great internet. But this morning we woke up And we checked the speed of our internet because we've also been struggling with that where we live. And it was extra low. So anyway, I just decided I think I'll just wear my pajama clothes and put this cute little sweater on and make it look like I tried and run out the door. Try to get to Parker's house before this meeting starts. And I know there'll be a lot of things to set up that I'm trying to figure out there because it's called electronics and technology. And that always is intimidating to me. So I'm grateful for smart sons. But I also forgot to grab my glasses that don't glare too much. And so you're probably going to see one of my eyes and not the other one today. But anyway, as our lives adjust and every day we're experiencing something new from the time that we are born till the time we are safely dead. Part of mortality has to do with adjusting and accepting and then just trying to navigate our way through what's happening in our lives, whatever season we're at or whatever circumstance we're having. And last week we talked about one of the ways that we can empower ourselves when just our life is unfolding, because everybody has lots of challenges in their life. 
and everybody has a lot of joy in their life and things to be grateful to, for too. But I'm just so thankful that we can feel grateful for Heavenly Father's plan and to keep kind of a vertical perspective. So today we're talking about stay in your truth. And one of the things that I have at my house is a jar of quotes. And you just take one out every day and it tells you nice things about lifting your spirits and truths about the gospel. And I've been thinking about that. This morning I pulled two or three things out of there. But one of the things I pulled out of there was just, yeah, this quote by Elder Uchtdorf. And it says, Hope is one leg of a three-legged stool. Together, with faith and charity, these three stabilize our lives, regardless of the rough or uneven surfaces we might encounter at the time. Hope in our Heavenly Father's merciful plan of happiness leads to peace, mercy, rejoicing, and gladness. The hope of salvation is like a protective helmet. It is the foundation of our faith and the anchor of our soul by Dieter F. Uchtdorf. And that's one thing that I think is super important to point out in this lesson. And as we consider what we learned last week with the three ones, is that it's really hard for us to experience the changes in our life, the seasons in our life, the difficulties that just come up randomly and surprisingly, or that are really enduring long-term difficulties that we just have to, you know, do our best to live with and cope with because it's just what is. But I'm just so grateful that we understand that Heavenly Father has a vertical plan, that it always is about moving upward and onward, and that he's made it possible for us to remember him his plan, and who helps us work his plan. And it's so easy, like so easy, to shut the ceiling of that and just look horizontally and forget to look at our lives and the circumstances in our life with a vertical perspective. All of this is under Heavenly Father's plan. All of it. The difficulty I'm in, the challenges that I'm having in relationship, the fact that somebody I love might not be right where I'd like them to be. And it's making me have some fear in my life and some discomfort and I'm adjusting to a new circumstance. Anyway, whenever our feelings grow, especially in negative ways, it's so much harder to keep that ceiling open. It's so much easier to just look around at what everybody else is doing, what all the worldly solutions are for every problem and compare ourselves to how some other ladies doing it or some other families doing it. And we forget that it doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't matter how fast we go. All that matters is that we are remembering what Elder Uchtdorf mentioned, and it is that hope in our Heavenly Father's merciful plan of happiness leads to peace, mercy, rejoicing, and gladness. The hope of salvation is like a protective helmet. It is the foundation of our faith and the anchor of our souls. So if remembering that Heavenly Father has a plan of salvation that supports our identity and our life, everything in our life that's happening, 
So I want to share with you an example of this that I noticed. I don't know why I felt prompted to, to share this this morning. I kept thinking that that must be a weird thought because I don't think I'm supposed to share that. But anyway, I thought I'll wait to see if it comes up when I'm talking to you. And there it was. So a lot of things happen to us in our lives and we have no idea exactly how Satan does his work. We learn that he tempts us. We learn that he tries to make us miserable. There's lots of things in the scriptures that teach us about what his motives are and how jealous and upset he is and how against Heavenly Father's plan he is and how relentless his attempts are on mankind to thwart Heavenly Father's plan. But the prophets have taught us, and so do the scriptures, that no matter what, we are on the winning team wearing the right jersey if we're under Heavenly Father's plan. And we're re- keeping that remembrance, even though there's darkness and chaos and confusion and contention and lots of things that we can think, oh my goodness, this is so hard to think vertically because everything is so heated up around here. But one of the things that the adversary does, and it's what we're talking about in this lesson, because last week we learned that one of the things the adversary does is to, to get us to forget who we are and whose we are. And he continues that same battle plan or war that he was implementing in the pre-existence, which is, I want to steal your belief in and your confidence in the Savior and his ability to follow through with what he's promised to do. Because surely something as painful as this and as scary as that, and you're in charge of it as the mom, I don't think he's around helping. Can you see him anywhere? Like he tries to kind of get us to think of spiritual truths under Heavenly Father's vertical plan for our salvation in temporal ways. Like, I know BJ's going to help me if I call her and she answers the phone and says, I'll be right over. But when I call and kneel down over and over again and ask God to please come help me, I never hear him say, I'll be right over. And I'm really hurting and I'm really busy. Then Satan can say, I guess he's going to take too long. And since you're in charge, I think you better get over there and make sure that gets saved. Make sure that everything is okay. So anyway, we learned that one of the ways that the adversary can really confuse us as moms is to get us to think that it's the right thing to do to make sure that nobody ever goes off the path and to make sure that everybody stays safe. And if they're not staying safe, it's our responsibility to make sure we save them. But that was never under Heavenly Father's plan, that plan. We have a really important purpose and identity as daughters of our heavenly parents with great gifts to nurture and bless and care for people in a way that supports God's work. 
So we just learned that if you can identify where your power lies, where you have power, even in places where maybe the adversary is tempting you to think you're powerless, that there's always power under Heavenly Father's plan, always. And if you can find a way to think vertically in this spot, instead of go to the fear place and be horizontal and then forget that you have some power to do some very important things that care for you so that you can be available to support God's work. So it's the, it's the stay by the tree. It's like, remember that the Savior's helping you and that that is huge. And that really it's his cause and his work to save people. And it's your purpose and my purpose to support his work and to find him in our messes so we can be available to help out and to do that in a way that Lehi exemplified, which is just stay right here where it's safe and powerful and you're available to hear the spirit and beckon from this place. And sometimes we don't just beckon in a whisper. He even says he called Laman and Lemuel with a loud voice, you know, and that could mean that he kept, just kept repeating himself and repeating himself and repeating himself, right? Just so his children knew no matter where you go, you're going to know right where to find me because I'm right here by the tree. I'm right here. But Satan wants to tell us you have much more power over there when you go get them and pull their bootstraps over to the tree, whether they like it or not. It's just a really big, huge thing. First and foremost, to realize where does my power lie? And it lies in my place of power, which is like my business, right? The things I can control. And when I work on those things under Heavenly Father's plan and do the things that I do to keep the spirit with me, then that's super helpful. And the other thing we learned was there's only one enemy and he's going to always be enticing us and deceiving us to think that the hard things and the hard people and the challenges that hurt and make us feel burdens and labor a lot are our enemy. And especially that we are our own worst enemy. So today our lesson has to do with staying in our truth. And that's the second huge thing that we need to know. And it is, what does our truth sound like? Because women have been taught forever to just be super nice to everybody and make sure everybody's okay, even if you're not. We've also been kind of culturally taught to always be okay. We're always okay. There's never anything humanly wrong about us because we're just always okay. We're always available and we're okay. But a lot of that comes from this place of not understanding that not every voice in our head is a trusted voice. And us being able to identify, well, what voices are trusted in my head and which ones are not? So the first thing to identify 
rather than say, well, this one sounds like that, because we know that we have three voices that we hear, and one is our voice, and one is the Holy Ghost and his voice, and the other is the adversary. Sometimes I don't think we have thought through the fact that because he's a personage of spirit, he can float suggestions, float little imperceptible thoughts and start us thinking in a direction that doesn't serve us. And this starts really young. So this is what I felt impressed to share with you today. And I won't go into the details, but I just want you to know that I was at Gridelli's because I really like their fish tacos. I was at Gridelli's on Saturday with my husband. And about, oh, about four months ago, I had gone several times and hired a therapist to help me because I was noticing that it's no longer okay with me to not address something that needs to be addressed that still makes me feel like a little scared child when I'm faced with this situation in my life. And so I'm going to go to a therapist and ask them about it. And so one of the things I discovered, which I already knew, I just didn't know what it all meant. And I didn't know what that did to my brain. And I didn't know that it was super normal for me to be having these feelings. So anyway, I faced this very traumatic experience when I was eight years old. And it just put a marker in my life that has affected me ever since. And I'm so grateful for the atonement and for the Savior and how he helps us to put things in a more peaceful light or more hopeful place because of the promises of what he offers through his atonement, that anything that's broken can and will be healed. But one of the things that I noticed as I was at Gridelli's eating fish tacos was that my husband, while he's eating his something with beef in it, you know, that's a beef thing, something with beef in it. And we're talking, I just keep having this thought, you really need to share with him what you need. You need to communicate clearly because you're supporting and caring for yourself to stay in your truth. And you honor you. If you don't honor you and care for you and talk clearly so he understands what you need and ask him if he can provide what you need or help you with what you need, then he won't even know what you need. And then when you get to this situation that you want to talk about, you won't be able to say anything because you have that trauma from your childhood. You have that trauma. And one of the ways that I understand now is in order for myself to not go to a place of a trauma response, I have to care for me. And that before it gets to a place where I'm more vulnerable and I kind of react like I'm being trigger responsed, like I can't really think in my truth as much as I'd like to. And so I started trying to tell him what I was thinking. And immediately 
I was overcome with, he's going to think you're so stupid. He's going to think that you're broken. You should be embarrassed. I, I started thinking, this is never going to work out. I don't know why you're trying to fix this because it's been like this for so long. I don't think, I don't think that you should change it. It's so hard. It's so much work to try. It's really vulnerable and it's hard. And so I started talking. And so immediately, instead of saying what I wanted to say, I, <laughs> I started singing a song. <laughs> I just went right to humor. Oh, I'm just going to be funny because I just don't want to go there. I'm just fine. I'm always just fine. And then I noticed I just started eating fries with fry sauce, like as tears are coming out of my face after I'm done singing, I started tears. So I'm eating fries with fry sauce with tears running down my face and thinking, why do you keep eating? It's like, just stop eating because you're crying. But I just kept eating. <laughs> he was looking at me like, are you okay? Like you're eating fries with fry sauce and you're crying at the same time. And so I said, I'm trying to tell you what I need, but I'm so scared. I can't tell you what I need. And so I had to sing a funny song and now I have to eat fries while I cry. And I just saw that as I was so vulnerable right there because there were voices in my head that I knew I shouldn't trust. But because I know that, that the adversary is very motivated to not let me heal and to keep me stuck I was just flooded, attacked with all these thoughts of what this is, and what this isn't, and who you are and who you're not, and how hard and why you shouldn't try all these things. It was quite a process right there in Gradelli's trying to figure out how to just get to a place of my truth and tell him what I needed. And so in this lesson, we learn how important it is to understand that any voice in our head that doesn't sound like something you would say to a child that you just adore, that's not a voice you should trust. That's a great barometer. It's also important for us to notice what is our head saying to us and write those things down. As you notice in our resources and read through the truth tool in there, it just tells you first step is to start noticing what you're thinking and write it down. Not, I'm feeling, I'm thinking overwhelmed. I'm thinking I'm bored today. It's not like that. It's more like this. There's nothing for you to do because nobody's even fun around you. That's what it sounds like when you're bored. Like that's the stuff you'll hear. Stuff that just sounds like, I'm judging my situation. I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay. Or I should have done it like this. I should have. I would have. I could have. Perseverating in the background or thoughts about how something's coming and I should be worried about it. All that stuff. Or that's voices I should not trust because it might not say, you're fat and ugly and really dumb, Karen. It might not say that every time. 
it might actually say something like, you know, when you have to present, uh, it's going to make you kind of sick. So you probably should make sure that you're really aware of the fact that you're going to get sick. It's just reminders of your weakness or things that are hard for you to keep you off of and out of your truth. And so the very first step is to terminate the lie. So the T, the T is just, I have to be able to hear lies and know that not every voice in my head is a trusted voice. And I need to start asking myself, would Heavenly Father talk to me like that? Would a loving mother or father in heaven say things like that to me or remind me of something in that way? If I were talking to and think of their name and what they look like, your grandchild, your little niece, your smallest child, if I were watching them like the kids in the nursery at church, would I say something that sounded like that to them? And if the answer is no, that needs to be written down. That needs to be written down. And then we need to start understanding, well, what does my truth sound like? What does it sound like? It sounds like things that are calm and true, like, yes, this is scary. And it's normal for me to have feelings about this, but I can just wait and see what happens. And while I'm waiting, I think I'm going to think hopeful things. Like we can just make decisions about what we're going to do. That's our voice in our head. So restoring our truth is a lot using our voice in our head quite often, which is something we don't, we're not even aware of that we use our voice in our head. So it's restoring the truth is us saying, no, this is how Heavenly Father would, would say something to me right now. If I were in this situation and I needed to tell someone who's really small, who was feeling these feelings I'm feeling, something, it would sound like this. So that's kind of the way you start noticing because this tool is like phenomenal, but only if you recognize these steps are vital. First is not every voice in my head is a trusted voice and I'm going to be listening to those thoughts in my head. And then I'm going to know what my truth sounds like and practice thinking it on purpose when I hear lies. And the third step, uniting with God has to do with understanding that I can tell the adversary all day long with my truthful thoughts to just go away because that's not true about me. But if I don't unite with God to cast the adversary out by using scriptures or music or words and thoughts that have meaning, we have to remember that the way that we fought and won in the pre-existence was the power of the words of our testimony and through the blood of our Savior. That's how we won over him. And so I think it's the same thing to just know that we get to say, I know thee now. Get thee behind me. No, I'm not going to just know. And then TH is this is my weapon or this is my body. This is the weapon I have that you don't. And every time I catch you and I, and I unite with God, to hold my line, hold my spot, like 
don't let you take more of my territory in my brain space, in my heart space. I just drew the line in the sand by saying, no, that's not my truth. This would be my truth. And this is why God agrees with me. I can even say, through Christ, I am smart in this situation, even though it's not my number one strength. But through Christ, I can do all things. You know, you can say things like that or use any words that you have from your patriarchal blessing, but then get up with your weapon and do something amazing to crush the enemy and to glorify God. Whenever we use our body on purpose, we're actually glorifying God. That's kind of fun to know. And we are really decreasing the adversary's power when we decide, I will now use my body to intentionally hug someone to make them feel seen. I will now use my body to text something on my phone that makes it awesome for somebody else. I'll now use my body to go clean that, to write this. It's huge. So I'm going to turn the time over to you, sisters, now. And I just love to hear some of your takeaways from the truth tool and some of the things you've noticed. But as I shared that situation at Gradelli's and the trauma that I had as an eight-year-old girl and how that just stuck and has affected my life. And now I'm 55 and I can be triggered back to that reality and it can affect me in so many ways. And the adversary uses all things in the filing cabinet of our mind to get us out of our truth. But I, I was so proud of myself and excited, even though I acted really weird and I said weird things. And it took me a really long time, like everything inside me. I, at one point, I even said, never mind, this is just too hard. I don't want to talk to you anymore. You know, and then I said, no, okay, wait, I can't say that to you. I do want to talk about this. My truth is that I want to talk about this, but it's so scary. And so anyway, it was so cool. After almost 30 minutes, I actually said the two sentences I needed to say. And it was empowering and made me feel so grateful that I know this principle that not every voice in my head is a trusted voice and that through Christ and what he offers us, we can always fight to retake that territory that's been taken in our mind. You gals that have been in this class before or applied this tool, love to hear from you. If you would like to share some of the things you've learned about this or if you're just here for the first time, any questions you have, that would be awesome. But yeah, I just really am excited for the power that it creates when you share your voice here, because it helps everybody to stay in their truth. When other people can see, when I can see your truth, if Carol says something, then I can see me better. If I say something, then you can see you better. So what are some of the things that you'd like to talk about 
as it applies to the truth tool? I just want to express for me, the, the power of knowing and speaking truth has been really powerful. Even that little guy that's been big things happen when he hears lies and it's been really powerful for me and for our family to be able to to call that out and say, oh, what lies are you hearing in your head? Or that's not really who you are. Speaking truth to my children helps me learn truth about myself. Trying to find the truth about me helps me see the truth in other people. So it was actually interesting today to do Come Follow Me. We talked about each other's truth and kind of went around and things like that it invite the spirit because truth is light and light comes from God. And so it, it's just been a blessing for me to be able to recognize truth and, and to speak it out loud with my mouth or with a pen or with my finger as I text. But truth is really powerful. Yeah. That makes me think of that statement. Satan is screaming. Why are we whispering? I think that sometimes we can just sit quietly and get more miserable and more miserable and more miserable. When if we would just speak truth, our truth, God's truth, the vertical truth, write out loud or yeah, like you say, use our body, write it, sing it, whatever. Yeah, I think we whisper in this area. If Satan is really loud and screaming and always this broken record in our head, why are we whispering? It's been interesting in situations where a child is acting outside of their truth. And to be able to confront that and say, this is what you're doing, but this is your truth. And to see things melt and to see hearts soften and to see them recognize, oh yeah, this is not really who I am. That's been powerful too, to be able to use it in a situation and have really high, high emotions and and lots of spinning to calm and instead of an altercation, an embrace at the end. So that's been really cool and powerful. Could you give an example of how that's happened? You know, because we have lots of high emotions in my kids too. And I think, how do I bring them back down? Can you give an example of that? So I have one child that will, he has a lot of rage. He'll throw things. He'll put holes in walls. He'll, stuff like that. So I've noticed in the times where I can calmly get him kind of alone, then I can say, just say what it is they're doing. You're throwing things and that's breaking things. You're destroying things. But I know that that's not really who you are. You are kind. You are loving. You are helpful. You are smart and brave. And usually tears start coming. And he'll also react to my emotion because sometimes by that time, I have some tears too. As I recognize his truth and I'm speaking it, it just really brings the spirit in and then he can recognize it too. And it's crying. And then you can say, and I love you and God loves you. And you are, you know, just speaking whatever I know about him. 
So great. Thank you for that. That's so powerful. You can feel the spirit just bear witness of how important that is. Yeah. Thank you. I just loved how this isn't just a tool for you. You're like, this is something I'm I'm sharing with my family. Well, of course we want to do that. I I think that's just awesome. That's awesome that you've just taken it and spread it out that way. I loved how in the beginning, Karen, I love how you just do that vertical and that horizontal view. It's just, it's so powerful as it's connected with this. And I feel like it, it's really awesome to think about just this awareness, just have adding the awareness to where thoughts might be coming from and what to do with them. It, it changes lots of pieces of our day and that changes our months and our lives and our our kids and anyway it's super valuable and i love to see what um, our prophets and leaders have to say about that too and so in this lesson the slides with this lesson have lots of those pieces so thank you karen for helping put those together and those people that have helped with that so one of my go-to scriptures thanks to karen introducing it to me in this light is doctrine and covenants 123 17 Therefore, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power, and then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. And I use that like daily as a reminder. But as I was reading it one day, I looked up a couple of verses, and I saw in verse 13, it was talking about the lies of the world as the church was being established. But I thought, how poignant that this is for us as well. Therefore, that we should waste and wear out our lives in bringing light all the hidden things of darkness, wherein we know them that they are truly manifest from heaven. And just that it is important for us to bring to light these things, to speak our truth and to find out, oh, these like these things of darkness, we need to bring them up as a light. And I had an experience, yeah, just speaking with my husband this week where we just weren't communicating with each other. And we had all these thoughts that were packed in the back of our brain and we were just not on the same team. And it was scary, like Karen said in her example, it was so scary to talk about some of those thoughts. But once we kind of got up our courage and we started talking, wow, it just took such a burden off to say, oh, I am so glad that you are my partner and I can speak my truth to you. Because that's another thing that Satan does not want us to speak truth in our relationships. That is, it's a form of deception and he loves that. And so if we can bring to truth in our relationships, bring up those things and say, hey, I've been feeling this way. I don't think it's right, but this is the way I've been feeling and I need to talk to you about it. And it's been huge for me. Thank you for pointing that out, that one of the ways that the adversary lies to us might not be about us in general or judging us, but it might be about judging the situation, judging what, how that might go telling yourself it's better to just you always be okay and keep it all inside but when we can communicate with love in our truth it dispels so much of that pressure of you know it's amazing so I just have to say the very you know how I said the very first thing is to start noticing what's in your head and what you're hearing and then start practicing well what does my truth sound like because When I first learned this over a decade ago, I did not know how to say nice things about me. I did not know how to think nice things about me. And I thought all those yucky things about me were actually something in place that was 
part of Heavenly Father's plan of the mortal experience that made sure that I was always judging myself and how I could be doing better. I should be doing better. I'm not doing good enough. That that was part of it all. So when I realized, no, Heavenly Father is going to love you. This is what he would sound like. He's never going to make you feel small or insignificant. And if he corrects you, it's going to feel edifying and hopeful. Like you're so cared for and it's okay to be where you're at and that you made mistakes. Don't get all buried under the rocks here. Like it would just really be come out. This tool is so awesome. And I love that we can use it to defend other people, to protect other people as well. But I have to say that the reason she's so good at that is because she's been involved with us about this tool for years, years. And her being able to share what she's learned just increased all of our speed, right? All of our speed to where we want to be instead. And so that's the power of sharing because now I can see me better because she shared that. I can see my life better. I can see me in my life better the way that the spirit would support me in my truth and how to help other people as well. So thank you for that. And I just have just one last thing to share just because I know whenever I think about this lesson and this tool that's so important that we learn in this lesson, I just think about how much Heavenly Father loves his daughters and how willing the Savior is to be right there with us. And so my Savior is on this side of the O in mom. And my truth is on this side of the O in mom. And the way we O own our field is to keep those guardrails up that my Savior and my truth help me to own my field, to stay by the tree. Because the real battle is to keep the spirit. Keeping the spirit is the real battle. When we can keep the spirit, we win a lot of battles. So here's the last thing I want to say. Okay, this is a quote by Joseph B. Worthlin, and I think it expresses how much Heavenly Father loves us. Oh, it is wonderful to know that our Heavenly Father loves us, even with all our flaws! Exclamation point. His love is such that even should we give up on ourselves, he never will. We see ourselves in terms of yesterday and today. Our Heavenly Father sees us in terms of forever. Although we might settle for less, Heavenly Father won't. For he sees us as the glorious beings we are capable of becoming. So I just know that's our truth, no matter how messy we feel, how weird it looks, that that's our truth. And to hold on to that vertical view is vital to our hope and happiness and success. So thanks, everybody, for being here today. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at any time. It's mothers you know at lifechangingservices.org with Anything you're learning or any feedback you have, we'd just love to hear any time from you about what you're learning here and what we can help you with. All right. Thank you, BJ. Thanks, everybody that shared today. We will see you next week. We're going to be talking about 
notice, just notice. 